Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trainer. Happy to have you with us here on this Friday, August 13th. Ooh, Friday the 13th, folks. That's right. Uh, the Giants finishing up another week of training camp practice, and we have preseason action coming at you on Saturday. The Giants will host the New York Jets in the preseason opener. So on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about some players and some things to keep an eye on. And I'm also going to get to some of your questions that came in over the last couple of days so that we stay on top of all that stuff. So that all that is coming up here on today's show. Those of you who are seeing me on YouTube, thank you so much for checking out the YouTube channel and subscribing. We're getting lots of new subscribers and I do appreciate it. I'm getting oh so close to getting that lollipop from the lockdown people if I hit a thousand. Uh, those of you who continue to listen to me on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Odyssey, and wherever you get your audio podcasts, thank you for tuning in. We're doing really well and I appreciate everybody who tunes in and listens. All right. We got a lot to cover. And also I forgot to mention, we're also going to hear from head coach Joe Judge. I have a few audio clips that I'm going to play regarding uh, the topics we're going to cover on today's show. So let's get right into it. The Giants playing the New York Jets on Saturday. Now, head coach Joe Judge, uh, just to give you a little background, he's already declared that the game is going to be treated kind of like a preseason four game. What used to be the case with a lot of coaches is that we used to have, obviously, the four preseason games scheduled. That is no longer the case. With the NFL going to a 17 regular season game slate, they have reduced the preseason games to three instead of four. So the way coaches always used to kind of work the uh, the preseason is for the first preseason game, they would usually give the starters like a series or two, and then they would pull them out, and then they would bring in the uh, the backups. So, um, and then week two, the starters would play maybe like a half, maybe sometimes into the third quarter. Week three would be the dress rehearsal where the starters would play most of the game. And then week four would just kind of be for the guys at the bottom of the roster to, you know, impress the coaches in their quest to make a roster, uh, to earn a roster spot. So what Joe Judge is doing is he's flipping that. So in this first preseason game, because the NFL has two additional cutdown dates, the first one coming up on August 17th, where teams have to get from 90 to 85, Judge wants to see every single player on the roster, as many players actually as he can, especially those towards the bottom of the roster who maybe haven't gotten a lot of reps in practice for whatever the reason, or those who maybe you know, our borderline bubble type status guys. So basically judge wants to be fair with all those guys. So with the giants um, having that plan, and by the way, it sounds like the dress rehearsal is going to be coming up. I think that, I think the new England game, which is the third preseason game, I think that's going to be the dress rehearsal, but also factoring into the equation is whether the joint practices that the Giants start next week when they go to Cleveland for a couple of days prior to their game, their week preseason week two game against the Browns, 
And then the following week when they have joint practices against the Patriots. So judge was asked if maybe those schemes might take the place of the preseason game that has been deducted. So let me play you the clip of what he had to say regarding that. Well, again, I've said before, there's no replication for a game. You know, any experience these players can get in the game itself is critical getting into the season, not only for their mental preparation, but also physically getting ready for the flow of the game, the hits you're going to take. In these joint practices, you don't do a lot of live tackling. Okay, so in the games, obviously, every play ends with some kind of a tackle normally. So the game itself is critical for them to be prepared physically and mentally. But in terms of the joint practices, it is definitely a key part of our preparation. And obviously, next week we're in Cleveland. After that, we'll be in New England. Both will be uh, unique in their own experiences in terms of what we're going to focus on with the other team, uh, but both will be critical for us. Just a couple of thoughts before I go into what to watch or what I'll be watching at any rate uh, for this game. The When Judge said that Daniel Jones wasn't going to play, and by the way, I was kind of surprised that he admitted that he hadn't told Daniel at the time. Um, when he spoke to the media that Daniel wasn't going to play. Usually judge talks to the players first, and then he tells the media if applicable. So I was kind of surprised he revealed that. But, you know, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised that Daniel Jones wasn't going to get any reps. Now, before you say, well, he wants to devote all the time to the backups and whatnot. I get that. That said, you know, this isn't a case of where Daniel Jones is you know an established starter like say an Eli Manning or a Josh Allen or a Tom Brady? Daniel Jones, this is a critical year for him. And me personally, I believe that the more reps he can get, the better. Now, overall, Daniel Jones in tra- in uh, training camp this summer, he hasn't been horrible. He's actually been pretty solid. You know, I think he's had maybe a handful of bad days here and there, but more good days than not. Still, this would have been a good opportunity, I think, for Jones and that first team offensive line, assuming they're all going to play, that is, um, which I think they are. But this would have been a good opportunity for them to kind of build up that, continue to build that chemistry. I know they're working on it in practice and whatnot, but as Joe Judge said in that clip, uh, there's no, there's just no substitution for actual live reps and especially in a game. So I was a little surprised to hear that Jones isn't going to take part in that game. Now, what is going to happen? Jones is going to remain actively involved in the game. In other words, he's going to be on the sideline. He's going to have the earpiece in. He's going to be listening to the calls. He's going to be conferring with Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator with judge with the receivers. I'm sure he'll touch base with the offensive lineman and just stay as involved as he can as he kind of takes the game in and just, you know, watches it unfold. So in other words, mental reps, which I think is one of the most overused terms in all of sports, certainly in terms of football. I get the concept of mental reps, but there's no substitution for the actual reps. And Although Jones has been making progress this summer, looks more comfortable in the offense running it. It is his second year in the offense. Um, I would have liked to have seen him got get a few snaps um, in this game. Now, he'll get his snaps next week when they place uh, Cleveland, and I'm sure he'll get his snaps against New England. So, the, you know, the Giants coaches obviously, obviously feel that that's plenty of time for him to get his snaps and get into a groove, but 
for me, you know, given what's writing on this season and the fact that he's, you know, that that it's that there may be like 90% sure that he's the starter. I would have liked to have seen him get a few, even if it was just one series, get a few reps in, and that's just not going to happen. So we've just got to trust in Coach Judge and his decision and his reason for the decision. So, all right, Giant fans, we have plenty more coming up here on the Locked on Giants podcast, including what I'll be watching in the preseason game now that we know that it's going to primarily be the young guys. And we're also going to take some of your Twitter questions. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering available in nut and nut-free variety. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com. And by the way, I cannot wait to get my next shipment of Built Bar. I know it's coming and I am counting down the days because I really do enjoy them. And I hope you, if you have tried them, enjoy them as well. And if you have not tried them, give them a taste. I mean, I think you'll like them. So At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. All right, Giant fans, let's move on now to the Giants-Jets game. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the guys that I'm going to be watching for in this game. Now, one guy, one young guy in particular that has really got me intrigued is cornerback Rodarius Williams. And if you've watched the show before, if you've listened to me before, you know that Williams initially was a guy. I wasn't sure if he was going to make the 53-man roster or even have a chance given the depth in front of him. And this kid has been playing lights out. By the way, he now has a nickname. You know, it's not quite as flashy as Greedy, you know, like his brother, his younger brother, Greedy Williams, who is a cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. But he has a nickname and it's Lee um, L-E-E-L-E-E. So his middle name is uh, Lee. And um, Adoree Jackson revealed that that's his nickname because, you know, his middle name is Lee. So they they must like him double the amount. So they decided to call him Lee Lee. But anyway, Rodarius Williams, let's talk a little bit about him. Six round draft pick, the second out of the two six round draft picks by the Giants this year out of Oklahoma State. Um, has worked with the starters, has looked really, really good in that role. Um, the game's just not too big for this young man. He's just, you watch him and, and you would think that he's been playing it for a while. And he's getting noticed, not just by the coaching staff, but his teammates. And Adoree Jackson just absolutely sang his praises during his media session on Thursday, just called him uh, a, a guy who's just so enthusiastic and so um, doing a good job of learning the system and everything. So looking back at Rodarius Williams's uh, college career, last season, the guy did not give up 
a touchdown pass in coverage. He finished his college career at Oklahoma State with a 54.2% completion rate against him. Now, I believe his uh, NFL rating was something like 92, which isn't horrible, but it's not ultra great. And, you know, the reason for that, I think, is because he didn't have a whole lot in terms of interceptions and pass breakups like you would normally see from a cornerback. But to watch Williams out there, he's been flying around, he's been making plays. And if he's not making the plays, he's instigating the plays for someone else to, to make them. So this is a kid um, going to be very interesting to see because remember, he's probably going to go up against um, a, a Jets offense that's going to be led by rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. It's a great opportunity for Rodarius Williams to really clinch that roster spot. I think he's well on his way to having done it. And uh, Sam Beal and Isaac Yadam, they get bumped to the bottom of the depth chart. You know, I think Williams is, is rising and those two guys are falling. So that's definitely a guy that um, we're going to want to keep an eye on. All right. Another guy, obviously, we're going to want to keep an eye on over on the offensive side of the ball is wide receiver David Sills. Now, I don't believe Kenny Galladay is going to play. Kenny Galladay is, of course, dealing with the hamstring strain. I don't know that Kadarius Toney is going to be able to play. I think they're doing a workload management with him. So that means there's going to be opportunities opening up for some of these younger guys like David Sills. And David Sills in camp has looked really, really good. He's caught just about everything thrown his way. I've mentioned before, the thing with David Sills is he's got to step up and produce some special teams to really, you know, cinch that that roster spot that he's seeking. So at West Virginia, David Sills finished with a 53.7% reception rate, according to Pro Football Focus. He also had 35 touchdowns uh, over his three-year career. So not impressive numbers, but but David Sills has size. He has good speed. He has instincts. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. So he's got the versatility. And he's just, again, like all the other players that are that were on the roster last year, year two of the system. So that's going to help his case tremendously. Now, you know, obviously David Sills last year, broken foot, um, towards the end of training camp, which ended his quest for a roster spot prematurely. But having gone and worked with Daniel Jones and the quarterbacks, Sills is serious about making this roster. He is making this a really, really difficult decision for Giants receivers coach Tyke Tolbert, Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, and Joe Judge, the head coach, uh, which is what you want to see. You want to, you know, it's a good problem to have, but definitely that is a guy that you want to keep an eye on because he has the potential to have a big night against the Jets. And then, you know, we've got to talk about the offensive line. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about the offensive line now forever. And um, here's the thing with the offensive line. I don't know which starters are going to play, which backups are going to play, what kind of combinations we're going to see. But right now, Anybody on the Giants who says they're comfortable with the offensive line situation as it stands right now, I wouldn't believe them. Um, between the injuries and then you throw in the retirements of Zach Fulton and Joe Looney, um, Shane Lemieux is also probably not going to play. You know, he's coming off of that that uh, knee sprain, so I can't imagine he'll get snaps 
he might, but I, I doubt it. So that's a very, very thin offensive line in terms of the depth. And quite honestly, you know, people have asked me, why haven't the Giants brought in somebody? Why haven't they brought in Austin Ryder or, or you know, this guy or that guy? Right now, you know, I, my guess is, is Austin Ryder probably is looking for a little better deal for himself. He might even be looking to just kind of sit out of training camp. You know, it wouldn't be the first veteran who's done that. Um, but that said, the Giants' depth at that position, I mean, no matter how you put together the different pieces, there are concerns. And you throw in the fact that, you know, the line has had some shaky showings the last, you know, week or so in, in camp with allowing pressures, with false starts, with mental mistakes. And, you know, I, I that offensive line, you know, I, I know they feel ultimately the starters are going to be good to go and, you know, they have confidence in them, but things have changed. And in ways that I don't think the Giants even anticipated that they would change. You know, I'm sure they didn't anticipate Zach Fulton would retire or Joe Looney would retire. You know, certainly you don't plan for injuries and, um, you know, not not being able to build up that chemistry, that camaraderie that's so important because of, you know, Shane Lemieux having to miss some time, um, flipping guys around, which is what, you know, Joe Judge is trying to cross train guys, which I kind of get, but at the same time, at some point you got to leave guys in the position they're going to play and just let them build up that, that cohesiveness. So just so many questions about that Giants offensive line. And quite honestly, you know, you look at the Jets and the Jets historically have had a very, very good pass rush. So I'm curious to see how they hold up against the, um, you know, how the Giants offensive line that is holds up against the Jets pass rush. I'm not going to lie. I have some concerns. And um, as far as how the Giants are going to address that, they're basically going to have to wait until teams start making cuts because right now, I think if there was somebody out there to be had, I think the Giants would have gone out and gotten that individual. All right. Now, before I end this segment, I did want to play one more clip from head coach Joe Judge. This is about how he kind of distributes the workload management of the guys. And this factors in because obviously who's going to play in this game and who's not going to play in this game is going to be based on uh, workload and, and guys that he wants to see. So let's hear from coach judge and what he had to say about determining who got, who gets what kind of reps. We're always trying to do what's best for our players. So in terms of managing players, you know, we have new information now. We have ability to track what you know players are doing physically. We have an ability to understand what their past workloads have been, how their bodies responded in the past while we're trying to build them up. We try to use all of our experiences and, and information to make the best decision for our players. So in terms of being old school, I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, with what we use now to make the best decisions for them. I don't think there's anything you know, functional about just going ahead and just putting someone through something for the sake of doing it. Everything we do has a purpose. So. When I talk about old school, I talk about more in my philosophy of the fundamentals of the game and how I believe the game is built and how a team has to be centered on discipline and fundamentals. Uh, in terms of using information and new tools that we have, you know, I just think it's responsibility of every coach and every organization to do the best thing for players. All right, Giant fans, plenty more still to come here on the Locked on Giants podcast. We're going to answer some of your questions in the next segment. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. 
When you open an account and use our special promo code locked on, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. In this segment, as promised, I have a few Twitter questions. Um, these were sent to me for Twitter Tuesday, but we'll get them in. We might as well get them in now, right? Why put it off? So I have a couple here. I have actually three from Sean K. So we'll get one at a time. Uh, let's see. So his first one is, I'm not sure I understand why we have Jabril Peppers returning puns over Kadarius Tony. It isn't like Peppers was electric last year. Why risk injury to an every down defensive starter when we just drafted Tony, a proven playmaker in the return game who won't be on the field for nearly as many snaps on offense. Sean, we don't know that for a fact. I mean, I think you're making an assumption there. And quite honestly, somebody's got to return punts. And here's the other thing you've got to remember with, with punt returns. The number one objective for a punt returner, regardless of whether it's Jabril Peppers, Kadarius Tony, you name them, whoever you want, the number one objective is to secure the ball. All right. It's nice if they can gather 10 plus yards per return, but they've got to catch the ball. They have to make smart decisions with the ball. In other words, you can't call for a fair catch when you're deep in your own territory and let the ball bounce behind you. And then now all of a sudden you're losing 5, 10, 15 yards. All right. So back in the day, I would say, yes, I had a problem with Jabril Peppers returning punts, but upon further review, I don't, it doesn't bother me as much. And, um, you know, you mentioned put Canarius Tony back there. He's going to be important in this offense too. So I don't think the Giants, you know, I think that what they're going to do, quite honestly, is they're going to rotate guys. I don't think they're going to have a dedicated punt returner. So that would be my guess as to what the plan is. But I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with regards to Peppers, because I felt that way at one point too. And, you know, it never made sense to me, but the number one objective, like I said, is to secure the ball. And I think Peppers has done a pretty good job of that for the most part. All right, let me get to your next question. Okay. Your next question has to do with the offensive line. And are there any guys that uh, I'm keeping an eye on regarding cut down? To be honest with you, I haven't looked. Um, something I plan to do, so I can't give you any names or what whatnot. Uh, maybe during our next meeting, we have a over at SI, we do publisher meetings. Um, if, if I get a chance to ask some of the guys, hey, anybody got any offensive linemen they think might be getting cut? I'll see if I can get that in before we start our meeting. But to be honest with you, Sean, I mean, during the, the summer, I'm so wrapped up with what the Giants are doing. I don't even start to look at what the other teams are doing until I until maybe we get a little closer to the cutdown date. So that could be something I might look to do maybe early next week before the, uh, the, the 17th, which I believe is the first cutdown date. But I'll be honest with you. I don't anticipate in this first round of, of this first wave of cuts when teams go from 90 to 85. I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys out there. I think we might have to wait a little deeper into the summer before that, that uh, question is resolved. Okay. And then 
Question number three, at this juncture in the offseason, what are the underrated radar players that have you most intrigued? Okay, I gave you a couple before, and let me just pull up my roster here, take a quick look and see if there's anybody else. You know, I think when I put together my initial 53, I don't think I had Kenny Wiggins making the roster. Now it looks like, you know, he's on his way to earning one of the reserve spots. Um, let's see who else. Let me just go down this list here. CJ Board, I know I've talked about. I don't know if you would consider him to be under the radar, but I think he might make it from uh, from a special teams perspective. Madre Harper, a cornerback, I think is go- going to uh, slip onto the roster there, again, because of his special teams performance. So, Sean, yeah, I think the only other position I would say to keep an eye on is maybe a tight end where they're a little thin right now. So you've got Evan Ingram and Caden Smith, both of whom are healthy. They are expecting Kyle Rudolph back, but I I don't know if they have a timeline on him. And even then, you know, is he going to be like Saquon where he's maybe limited in the beginning as far as his reps go? So right now you basically have two healthy tight ends. Who's going to be the potential fourth guy? Is it going to be, um, let me just see what this guy's name is, Nakia, Nakia Griffin-Stewart? Um, is it going to be Ryzen John? So I think tight end is another position where potentially uh, a, a guy we got to keep an eye on. I, I would say probably Nakia Griffin-Stewart would be a guy to keep an eye on there because uh, he's been out there, uh, hasn't missed any snaps that I that I know of. I know Ryzen John did deal with the with COVID. Um, and as I mentioned, Kyle Rudolph has been, he's still on pup. So that would probably be the other guy I would I would consider looking at as far as being a um an under the radar type. So thanks for those questions, Sean. It's good stuff. Okay. And speaking of tight ends, we have a question, a Twitter question. This is from Guacamodo at Guacamodo who asks, with Levine Toilolo out and Jason Garrett loving his tight end, should the Giants sign Tim Tebow if the Jags cut him? Great culture fit and leadership. Nope, sorry. I don't see that happening. Uh, Nothing against Tim Tebow, and I agree with you. He's a great guy. He would make a, a great leader, a great fit, but... That move to me would make about as much sense as the Giants attempt to bring Calvin Benjamin in and convert him from a wide receiver to a tight end. You know, there's just just so much involved with um, with tight ends. You know, the blocking is the biggest thing. And, you know, I, I haven't obviously watched Tim Tebow to comment on how well he's been blocking or whatnot, but. If you can't block, if you can't at least get a chip on a guy, how are you going to play the position? So I just think there's there's got to be a better option out there if the Giants are going to add somebody um, at the tight end position. If say Nakia Griffin Stewart isn't isn't an option, so sorry, I, I'm not buying that one. All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Lock On Giants podcast. Don't forget tomorrow we have. Giants Jets. We'll have all the updates, all the news, quotes, everything you need to know right here on the Lock on Giants podcast. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again Monday.